Well, here we are again, and I say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's one of those times of day, and I greet you to Wow What a Show. My name is Phyllis, I am the host, and we are in a series titled Apples of Gold, Reading Through Proverbs. This is the podcast outreach of the Hobbit Institute of the Arts. That's our official name for our other podcast. And we invite you to uh, seek us out, however you get your podcast, and listen to some of the episodes that we have already uh, recorded and uploaded there. You may find them interesting, and you may find that they continue in the vein of our time here. Our purpose is to... First of all, really acknowledge this performance that is ongoing day in and day out. The Lord our God on the throne, seeing to the uh, workings of the world, just continuing to uphold everything by the word of his power, so the word says. And as he does that, we are the recipients of the blessings of God in that we always have seed time and harvest. That is the most important to me. The seasons are going, even though the Bible says that they will begin to not be recognizable. But after the flood, God promised that there would always be seed time and harvest. And that promise was there in the rainbow that he would never destroy the world again by water. We know that the next destruction will be a refining fire. (laughs) He will purify and create the gold that he has always wanted us to be. So I thank you for joining us in this um, 28th chapter reading from the book of Proverbs. It has truly been a wonderful, wonderful experience and time of fellowship and revisiting the wisdom of God as left in these wise sayings and delivered to Solomon, the the gift of wisdom given to him, and Solomon, of course, leaving these for his son. We learned also that there is a segment of wise sayings that Solomon gathered from other people who spoke wise words. So we are uh, getting the wisdom of the time. And um, there are not many of them, so we are back in the section uh, that is provided by Solomon himself. I am glad that you are here, and we're going to just take right off and get down to it. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you so much for all coming into the live studio. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 28 as we have journeyed through the entire book for the month of July. And as I said before, I do believe that Proverbs is a book we should read through uh, a couple of times a year. Any month with 31 chapters in it will be appropriate. That way you can just do one chapter per day and really begin to meditate on the content and assess ourselves individually to see if we be ourselves in a wise place and knowing and hearing the voice of God. Not only that, we don't just want to hear that wisdom, but we want to get the understanding. It is also written in the book of Proverbs that in all that we get, we should get understanding. Without understanding, it is impossible to apply wisdom Um. Okay, Ms. the Apostle, you, you wanted to come in. Please send your invitation again. We should be able to apply the wisdom or the wise sayings that which we are learning and, uh, you know, to, to the context of our, of our experiences. We want always to be able to make right decisions, right choices, and to discern when things are where they ought to be in our personal uh, motives. Light Touch, I, I so thank you for joining. I'm going to take a moment here to invite my friend who tried to get in earlier but could not. So I want her to come in and I'm going to send her a, a link so that she can join. And I'm going to send a few people that link. Um, and while I, I do that, 
<clears throat> excuse me, we can um, talk a little bit more about what wisdom is because truly wisdom is the application of knowledge in a right context. In other words, if I'm in a situation and I have a wisdom saying, for example, whatever about um, what, what do you remember one of the, one of the wise statements here that we've had? Uh, let me think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, contentious. How can I forget that one? <laughs> that is so very personal. Hello, Tony. Hello, sister. Amy is good to have company this evening. Praise the Lord. I, I'm sending out a few um, uh, invitations just before we get into it real deep so that those who have expressed a desire to join can indeed join. And I promise to enjoy, um, to, to invite J304 from last night so that he too could speak. And so I've done that. Uh, bless the Lord. It, okay, can't join now, but may call in later. Okay, dokie. Oh, you know, I don't know what's going on out there. So many people are by mistake asking to come into the live studio. And uh, then I get a, a note back saying, can't come now. I don't know what is going on out there, but we're in cyberspace and you know what that's all about. We uh, never can tell exactly what might be going on, but nonetheless, here we are and we're going to read starting in chapter 28. And um, who out there would like to join me really in the co-host position and read for us? Anybody? Any takers? No takers? Okay, I'll do it. So verse one says, <laughs> I hit the phone in there, okie dokie. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. It's beautiful. Uh, Pastor Pastor Tony, I mean, not Tony, that was Thompson. Thomas would love that one. He says we ought to be bold. And I, I agree to a great degree. I agree. But it's interesting. The wicked flee when no man pursues. That what, what does that speak to us? It, it kind of uh, contextually says that wicked people are devising, uh, you know, wickedness all the time. Their motives are, are not uh, in sync with righteousness. And so the idea that they might be uh, being found out about something exists to me in this one uh, scripture. So they are the, the wicked are, they're running away. They're always getting away because they don't want to be found out of the things that may be going on, you know? So they're getting away, but nobody really is after them. Or they're always making excuses or something of the like when there's no one who's suspecting them. But because you see, when you, when you know you've done a bad thing, you will always feel like you are being a suspect or being uh, searched out. It doesn't have to be true. It's all in the mind. So the uh, the commentary here says, many of the Proverbs in Proverbs 18, 29 remind us of those in the two major sections of Proverbs. Okay, that's one thing. With their frequent contrast of good and evil. In this verse, the contrast is between a criminal whose guilty conscience compels him to flee a righteous person who feels no such compulsion. A rogue runs away when no one is chasing him, but just men are braver than lions. And that's the thing. Just people, the righteous, have no reason to run. And so if something is amiss, they can simply stand forward and uh, be at ease. They don't have to run because they know they are innocent. That is the context there for me. That is the um the translation of that. And for the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. So uh, the transgression of a land are the princes thereof, of a land. Wait a minute. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. Thank you, Father. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. In other words, there will be many changes 
in administration when there is transgression in a land. We know that from Bible history. We know that from current history. When people are searching out power and there is wickedness in the in the background, right? The uh, the power those who are head change over and over and over. We have seen this happen throughout the world, even in our lifetimes. You don't have to go way back in history that far. There's uprisings and then there's overthrows and, you know, the army comes out and the or a group of people come out, protest. There's an instability in governance. But when the righteous are in place, things are stabilized. This is good. Okay, so uh, verse three says, a poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping ram, which leaveth no flood, sweeping rain. I'm sorry. And, you know, I, when I come behind these great expositors, <laughs> Anna Kane did such a good job on this one in the morning. I just hate to even come back and try to do what she already did. Excuse me, but she's not here. So I have to do it. We're reading, you know, twice per day. And one person takes a time slot and that's how that goes. So I get to do the overflow. Hello there. <laughs> um, so a poor man that oppresses the poor. Wow. It really and truly, it is like a sweeping rain, which just leaves no food. When, when uh, two people in like circumstances and one of them, seeks to take advantage or oppress the other. What on earth is that? And yet we see a lot of that in our world, especially those of us who are from uh, groups that have been oppressed. Sometimes that oppression leaves the group with the scars of oppression. And one of those scars is the crab effect. There is jealousy and infighting interrelational uh, fightings that come out of just nowhere. And really and truly, with regards to oppressed people, sometimes by the oppressors, they have been taught or made to uh, mistreat one another. It's been embedded and ingrained. But truly in all, I think the word of God is telling us to have some good sense. In fact, those very words were used in the Proverbs. It just makes good sense that the poor would want to give a hand to another per person, but certainly they would never want to oppress them. So we want to stay out of the that, that sense. You know, when you feel um, like you just, I don't know, it's hard for me to, to say anything like that because I have never felt it. But if you feel that you have um, reason to mistreat someone who is in or of the same, um, what is it, the same state within a nation or a community. Resist that. In fact, flip your own script. And instead of feeling those negative thoughts against them, reach out and say, how could I enable or help them in ways that it looks to you like they need the help, right? Try to stay away from that harsh dismissal of another human being. God is concerned with the poor. And he has told us in the Proverbs, anyone who lends to the poor gives to the Lord. Now about lending, also we have to have a wisdom. Uh, whoever gives to the poor, I'm sorry, lends to the Lord. So when you give something, especially to the poor, the Lord will repay you appropriately. So, you know, just kind of be careful there. So uh, verse, verse four says, they that forsake the law praise the wicked, hmm. but such as keep the law contend with them. Now, the law is a good thing. The, the, the Bible says that, you know, that those who rule over, he, he's given that ordination in terms of uh, law and rulership to um, to make sure that the good is provoked out of a group of people, right? So the law serves its purpose, and we should not um, ever, you know, what is the word? Some people say this 
crazy cliche, laws are made to be broken. Laws are not made to be broken. <laughs> laws are made to, <laughs> to draw the lines in, 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 in how we really deal with each other. Laws are made to keep order. Laws are made to uh, ensure that one person is not oppressed by the other. And when those laws are not just, you know, sometimes this stuff happens anyway, but the, the, the wisdom is that you don't forsake the law because in so doing, you are praising the wicked. And if you are, um, you keep the law, you are, in other words, you're contending with them. You're, you're pressing against what may come and you're keeping back and then you're supporting the outcomes of good laws. And that is to keep order and to make sure that every person within a society at least is in safety. All right. So evil men understand not judgment. They understand judgment, but they uh, that seek the Lord understand all things and all things. This is what goes there. When we are in, in Christ, we understand judgment because we understand that judgment is out of the righteousness of God. There is a justice within God's own uh mind, his heart. He created all things. And if there were no judgment, then there would be no need for law. And if there were no law, there would be a rampancy of evil and, and whatever, you know, men wanted to devise. And if we look back in early history of the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and it's written that every man was doing what he wanted to do. You know, all people, these, these nations, when Israel did that, the wickedness was abounding and abounding because people had no respect for the law and uh, it just goes haywire. So we have to really uh, have a respect for the law, I guess, and um, understand that judgment is a part of justice. Amen. Harden not your heart. Thank you, uh, Sister Amy. I see that one. And the law is to aid us in restraint and hold back the wicked precisely. Okay, better is the poor that walks in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Better is the poor that walks in righteousness than the perverseness of those if they have money. Now, money speaks to many things. It does. In fact, it's written in Ecclesiastes that money answers all things. And it does, right? But money was never intended to give any person liberty to be what he wants to be. That's not the purpose of money. Most people don't know the purpose of money, I would venture to say. So um, money, by the way, is tender for exchange. You have money to provide for yourself. In other words, money could be anything. We look at it in this country as those greenbacks <laughs> and those you know, dollars and cents. But it could just as well be corn or or uh, wheat or grain or uh, wood or whatever, because it's just a tender. And uh, so many, the, the, the value of it is based on, um, I guess, what it's good for and how the supply of it is. So if there's not a lot of oak wood, it's going to cost more than a pine for example. And so if I want something that has the value of whatever this oak might be of value, I go to you say, so I want, I want oak. Um, you have the oak and, and I have what, I don't know, maybe you want my pine. Well, one good piece of your oak may uh, buy you from me uh, three pieces of pine. You see, so that's what money is for. It's to continue the maintenance of our lives. And yet uh, people use money as a source of wickedness. First of all, they can buy what they really should not buy. They can buy decisions in government. They can buy um, other people's loyalty. They can think things, you know, intangible things that they should never be able to buy. But um 
it is not right to do so. And therefore, the root to all evil, as Jesus Christ taught, is this thing called money. Because in that, you have lots of money, right? The temptation to do wickedly is with you. Plus, money can buy things that are not good for you. Uh, so we have to really think uh, through how we use the money that the Lord has given us. And I dare say that a lot of us have misused our money, right? Because nobody teaches you kind of this stuff. Well, some some people teach uh, this. My parents were very good at managing money. I'm telling you, they were, they were paramount. I don't know how they did it. But I don't remember any real teachings on how to manage money. So when I got money, I just began to buy shoes. I was a shoe girl. I know I didn't, but I have overspent on things like shoes, you know, instead of doing some things with money that I presently do. And I just sometimes think if I had been more thoughtful and if I had, uh, you know, checked in with the Lord, I might, it isn't that I want to have a lot of money at this time. I want to have some things that the money could have provided for. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, Light Touch says it's more important to live uprightly and to walk in integrity than to be rich and misuse what you have. Very good point. And I hope I was making uh, something of the same. Here we go. He that by usury. Now, usury is interest. He that by charging interest and unjust gain increases his substance. He shall gather it for him uh, that will pity the poor. Now, I don't know how this will happen. I don't know if the Lord will do it now or later. I don't know if this is the pie in the sky and we reap it when we go to heaven. I don't know. But truly the the concept, the principle of not oppressing and uh, by giving unjust, you know, uh, gaining unjustly or by charging too much interest. We have in our lives, for those of us who have used credit cards or bought houses or cars, it, you know, based on your credit rating, your interest could be very high. It could be wickedly high. And <clears throat> the only way we can even begin to bring down that credit stuff, those those uh, interest rates, is that we uh, have ourselves a good credit. But there are times when we even your good credit won't won't change what the interest rates are because they're not set by our good credit. They're not. They're set by the economics of the nation, right? So everything, everything we get is, um, you know, is prone to interest. If you finance it, in other words, if you buy it over a long term, or which means you're borrowing, right? So that really the ultimate thing here, and I'm just not even trying to, you know, uh, the riches of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So yes, that's what the Lord says. And uh, I I just don't know when when it will come. You know, many people quote that scripture and um, I've always wondered what they really meant by that. Um, for sure, we have wealthy people who donate to, causes. We have wealthy people who give to organizations that are doing work of interest to them. That is true. But I still have yet to realize what, and, and Sister Amy, you can talk to me more. Please bring bring more information. It's stored up for the righteous, but when, where, and how shall it be obtained? I suppose that's my uh, continual uh, thought or questioning on that particular matter. Please, you know, just tell me. I will read it out. Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. That stands to reason. We hear it. Jesus Christ taught that it would be better for uh, a person who's leading people astray to have a millstone a uh, placed around their neck and they be drowned in the sea. So it is it is wrong for us to entice people uh, to evil. And, you know, especially, usually, you know, if a person knows uh, good and evil, definitely the choice is on them. But sometimes the leading astray is by beguilement or wrong uh, information or uh, deceit 
or just um, you know the promise of something that isn't real. So I'm thinking that that's more in line with what is being said here. And when you do that, you will indeed yourself reap the wrong things that you're leading others to do. Some people do it because of their position. They say things and they entice people by their words and folks are, you know, trusting them. I'm thinking of really people in government. I'm thinking of uh, candidates who are out there touting one thing is, as being true, but it's all wrong, which we are living through. And we, you know, we've probably been living through it all along, but it is now more blatant. It is, it's bigger than it's ever been. It, the lies are greater than we've ever heard. And we have more ways to check things now to make sure that they are true or wrong. So uh, we do have some responsibility ourselves in understanding. So the rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that has understanding searches him out. And that's really and truly right here, what we're kind of saying. To be wise in your own conceit is to think, you know, you, you got it going on and that you are so, you know, that person, I guess, I, I guess. Conceit is to think more highly of yourself than you really deserve to think of yourself. And so uh, a poor person who has understanding, see, that is really the point. When we get understanding, as it is written, you know, all you get and get understanding, then what I believe we, we gain is discernment. And you can discern by the Spirit of God that which is deceitful, that which is a conceit, what is operating in pride, you know, those things that are contrary to righteousness. So uh, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And that's the book of James. Confess your sins. Uh, when you confess your sins, if you confess your sins, that the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is where our mercy comes in. And when you try to cover your sin, the Lord is not blind and he's not fooled. Be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man's souls. In other words, what you do, you shall also reap. It's coming on home to you. We are planting and creating all the time. Our deeds and our motives plant, our words create. And if we are doing unjust things and think you're covering it all up, well, you might not, you know, I may not be able to see it. Not me. I may not be able to see it, but God does see it. And God will recompense every man according to his works. This is a promise. As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. We, we got that. Absolutely. Nothing to explain there. A, 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 um, a, a wicked ruler is a wicked ruler. And anything that he wants or by any means shall he get it. You know, a wicked ruler doesn't even like what you're saying. He, the people are killed. People were killed that we may have the Bible in our hands because the wicked people, and they were church people, you know, in that so-called establishment, um, had folks burned at the stake because they didn't want the average person to be able to read this word. Yeah, as a raging lion or a... What does it say? Um, as a raging, as a roaring lion or a raging bear. That's what it is. Loud, you know that roaring lion. That's the that's the male. I think the male makes all that noise. He's the one with the mane too. But really, the female is the one <laughs> with the boldness. But that raging bear, that raging bear is not even playing with maul you absolutely to death. I mean, the lion will too. But there's a combination there of both noise and action. So where their riches will not decay or be taken away. Wait a minute, I'm missing something here. It seems that the world, oh, 
opposes every good precept that God's word has instructed us, even to the production of food, housing, education, the cost of daily living, everything we need for life, the world has perverted. And uh, where their riches will not decay or be taken away, something is missing there, Sister Ames. Let's see. I thought it would be in glory because the Lord, oh, I see. The Lord tells us that our riches here should not be stored up where it will decay, but the riches of the poor is stored up for them in heaven. It seems that the word opposes, okay. And then where their riches will not decay or be taken away. Okay, Sister Amen, you are agreeing that the uh, the, the upstoring or the, you know, the storage of those things that the wicked possess, we will, we will get them in heaven. I, that's what I thought, but you know, so many people quote it as if we're supposed to be getting it now. I don't, and so that so you're in alignment with my thinking. Thank you so much for those comments. Uh, a man do, doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit and let no man stay him. Absolutely, like when somebody is, is you know kills somebody uh, for no no good reason, uh, let him flee to the pit. And, and and no man should, should try to help him out there. Now, there was a time, and I'm not real current in this, in, in Old Testament, uh, the law of Israel, I think these were laid out while they were still in the desert, that if a man had to kill, had killed someone and it was self-defense or, you know, it was accidental or anything like that, there was a, they could escape to a, a country or a place where they could live, you know, uh, without being sought out by the law. But of course, if you murder, and that is to take someone's life for no reason, maybe in a bra or whatever, I don't know, then that you, you wouldn't have that uh, sanctuary. Uh, we call those sanctuary cities now where where the um, the laws in in a particular state won't be aggressive against immigrants. And I think that those lands where the the people who had killed someone for self-defense or are uh, by accident, I think those were sanctuary cities as well. And therefore, what this is saying is not that it is killing by violence. Somebody, you know, uh, breaks in to, to rob your home. And in the process, they say, if you move out, shoot you dead. And they do shoot you dead. Uh, convenience stores are getting robbed and that sort of thing. Or um, uh, you, somebody does something and they, and, and they get killed over, you know, making a mistake in what they're doing. No man should help them out there. Whosoever walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. Now, I love that what Anna did this morning. She made us understand this word perverse. It is it, in our minds, you know, many times when we say it, we're talking about something very vile and something very cruel and something like that is abnormal and all that, right? But it isn't. It's opposition to that which is righteous. So just that perverse person is at enmity with the righteousness of God, and therefore that person uh, shall fall. He that tilleth the land shall have plenty of bread, but he that uh, followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Yes, tilling the land, take care of that, which, you know, work, work and take care of yourself, right? And you will be supplied. You'll have plenty of, of the necessities. But if you follow after vain persons, the vain persons, they, they, they're no good. Maybe they're people who like to party or drink or whatever that may be, you know, that is keeping one from <clears throat> taking care of his own, uh, his own life, uh, then that person, will um you, you know you'll have you'll you won't have enough you will you'll be uh without you shall fall as a matter of fact into the pit of of the vanity that that person is is um leading you to it's a crooked course of life um and you don't want to be caught there a verse 19 says he that tilleth its land shall have plenty of bread, but he that follow. Oh, I'm sorry, we were in, in 19. No, no, no. He that followeth 
after vain persons shall have poverty enough. And it's it's exactly the same as verse 18. You know, um, righteous people, we don't have to be, they, their contentment is not in wealth or overabundance, but their contentment also is not in vanity or folly. Their contentment is in the peace that comes with righteous living and tilling the land. Y'all just that is just a part of the purpose of man. We have that as our daily work. And work is good purpose. Good work is good purpose. And sometimes those good works are for the purposes of God. So we want to walk uh, faithfully there. And a faithful man shall abound with blessing, but he that maketh haste to be rich, oh, shall not be unpunished. Making haste to be rich, not developing wealth, you know, over time in a right way. Let's see. Um, it seems that the world, okay, nothing there. Okay. That, that is, you can, you can, you can amass wealth in a righteous way. Or you can amass wealth in haste, which is in general an unrighteous way. Well planned, thought out savings, and you know, preparing um, a product that is needed, and then charging a fair price for it, and making sure that you are not oppressing others in that way. That is a righteous way. But then, on the other hand. Uh, amassing to yourself, uh, scrooging, scrounging from other people and charging high interest or, you know, overpricing a product. And especially if it's it's not uh, available, like now our gas prices are like sky high, right? It's, it's called price gouging. Sometimes people take advantage of certain economic or certain um conditions within a society and they will gouge the price. They, they're up the price so high that uh, people are straining to have just what they need. And uh, I always say we should get together and and make make whatever it is they're keeping from us and then they, are, they will be without and we will be with, <laughs> even though we're not doing it to get rich. But those who are doing it and gouging uh, would would not get rich either. And that is the bottom line. It might, you know, deter some people from doing some of the things that they do. We, I'm telling you, it's amazing what we take in a society. We just go out and we just take it. Whatever they're doing, we just take it. And, and we don't do anything about it. I say we ought to become... Uh, craftspeople. That's that's one of the reasons why it's so good to be a craftsperson. Uh, hello, the two one zero eight nine six. So good you're here. Thank you. We're in the twenty eighth chapter of Proverbs. We are almost at the end. We are now in verse what twenty one. Yes, to have respect of persons is not good. Neither that a man should transgress for a piece of bread. Isn't that something? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, we've covered this pro proverb before. Uh, some renditions give the thought that a judge given to favoritism will swerve from the right decision upon the very smallest of temptations, a crust of bread. Well, yeah, there you have it, right? A bribe almost, you know, or you'll do something um, for, for gain, but it's wrong. And to prefer one class of people over another is is that's not God's heart at all. In fact, the Lord, you know, He said He talks about those people who want to uh, to sit in the higher places and you know take the best seats and be known for their whatever they own and all, all of that. That is just way beyond the heart of God. And if we have a relationship with the Lord early on, seriously. You're born into the heart of God. And so you know that these things do not please the Lord. And if we are these people, we definitely are not going to prosper. I mean, you prosper for a minute. You know, the devil always has a minute for you, right? But the longevity 
our peace and hope and joy and and the things that we quest for that makes life worthwhile, they will be short-lived. We do not choose unrighteous ways. The Lord has warned us against it, and we want to hear him. He that hath an evil eye hasteth after riches and knows not that want shall come upon him. Okay, this is the same one with uh, the, you know, if you hasten to get wealthy, that's what it's saying there. No need to, to go over it again. He that rebukes a man shall afterward find more favor than that who flatters with the tongue. And so we had a discussion about this this morning that I really, really appreciated. You you tell a person uh, when they are going in the wrong direction. And um, you do that with a loving heart. And that's so much better than pretending and flattering that person into believing that they are okay in their choices and the direction that they may be taking. You could save someone from death if you simply, or we simply would have a nice conversation with them where we give them insight and that might save them from a horrible outcome. That's all that means, right? True friends. We talked about David, uh, Jonathan being a true friend to David. And we talk about uh, the the pretense of Judas with Jesus. There's a lot of Judases in life. We come in contact with them. And so we know Fox Decipher entered the live studio. Welcome to you. We're in the 28th chapter of the book of Proverbs. We're already at verse 24. Okay, verse 24, we don't really have to get into a whole bunch. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says it's no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. I'm saying if you would mistreat your own parents, Lord God, you have nothing for me. I am so sure of it. And uh, by the way, you don't have very much for yourself either. Because the Lord has told us to honor our father and our um, mothers, that we will, that our lives will be long upon the land which God gives us. There is a respect, and you should always have it for the elders or parents. No, none of that. Okay, verse twenty-four is a dead. No, I shall not. Um, and remember the. Uh, the old, what was that with Jesus Christ? Uh, oh, I can't remember now, but he, he had a discussion with the, I think the Pharisees on this very point that <clears throat> you think that it's okay uh, to take from your parents, you know? Um, oh, I can't remember it, so I shan't even approach it, but, but, but it's in my head somewhere and it'll come out. So that one, we want to stay out of that corner. And I told you, I, I used to teach children who always, um, sadly, that's true, says Minister Amy. Yeah, oh, sadly, more Judases than Jonathan's. Oh, yes, you are absolutely right. More, more, more. And remember, the Proverbs tells us not to have, seek out these friends. Don't call all these people friends. They are not, right? Acquaintances, you know them. Yes, you might even, you know, have a cup of coffee with them or tea or whatever it is, but you cannot consider every man your friend. Some of these people are mockers in your, um, when you're not looking. Some of these people are mockers to your face. And some of them try to lure you into terrible situations. Yes, the condition of man is bad. And we really want to cry out for discernment and ask the Lord to help us to see. That's why I like Proverbs so much, because even if you don't learn them all, they put you on high alert and make you understand that there is righteous way and there is a deceitful way. There's a wicked way that uh, to live and the choices take you into traps. Okay, so who whoever gives to the, the poor shall lack, but he that hides his eyes shall have many accursions. How many people just don't want to see poor people? You see, because when you walk down the street in, a, in certain places, you see poor people. 
And sometimes those poor people are in poor conditions. They are, you know, uh, having hard times. They may be alcoholics. They may be drug addicts. They may be prostitutes. Some people don't even want to look in that direction. But I am here to tell you that they are people. And by the grace of God, we must see to God's heartbeat if we belong to him. And the Lord is not willing that any should perish, any. He didn't say accept the drug addict or accept the prostitute. He said any, that all should come to repentance. And what is better than taking a moment to stop and say hello? And then maybe the Holy Spirit would guide you to do something else. I tell you, I remember you know, when I was doing it, I never even thought twice about it. And it's since since I don't do it anymore, you know, I'm not in that same place. I think about it a lot. It was a, really a lot. I was afraid, really, of a drug. Well, I was afraid of prostitutes. I kind of gotten over by fear of um, of drug addicts because I'm from the South. And in the South, when I was growing up, we didn't have people on the street. We didn't. There may have been drug addicts there, but I didn't know anything about them. There may have been people who were stone cold alcoholics, but I didn't know anything about them because we didn't have homelessness like we do today, right? There were poor people, but in poor neighborhoods, the, the um, neighbors saw too the poor, poor people. You know, people, everything was taken care. Oh, it was a, it was a much better time for camaraderie and, and neighborliness. But today we can see the conditions of people. And, okay, so maybe they're not drug addicts or on the street or any of that. Maybe they're just really poor people and they're having a hard time uh, with with their um, rent or buying food or clothes or getting supplies for their children or, you know, keeping uh, warm in winter time or just having enough. And we turn away from this. If you have, if, if we have something to share and you don't have to be rich to have something to share you can give i have a sister who never ever would forget anybody's birthday and she would only send maybe five dollars or two dollars in a card but she never she never forgot to do it and here i was always thinking well if i only have five dollars i can't give anybody just five dollars right but one day she said to me but Phil, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> and I kind of got over it. So now I will put maybe $5. I am a, I think I'm a giver. Or, or, well, she might be the bigger giver. I don't know. But um, anyway, I learned, you know. So when I am seeing people, if I, if I have it, I, I seldom carry cash, but I need to start. Because when I, when I see a poor person or someone who's like begging or wants to work for you to earn a living, I want to be able to give to those people. That's God's heartbeat. It really is. So you can't turn your eye away. You can't pretend that people are not there. And you cannot denounce them for their sufferings. We are not before we are born, we can't say, Lord, I want to be born in the house on the hill. You know, the, the gestation of, of, of a child is not the child's fault. That, that is nothing to do with the child. So people are born into hard conditions. And therefore, I desire, desire to love like that. Sister Amy, you do love like that. He loves us all, sinners and all. God has not turned his back on one man who wants forgiveness and to know him. And I don't care what your station is in life. You can be rich, 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 and be so uh, in dire need of love. And therefore, you are poor. I wouldn't turn my back on you either. So let's let's get in with the Lord and understand his, his heartbeat and his ways. He that gives to the poor also in the Proverbs tells us, you lend to the Lord. God's going to give it back to you. And you know, sometimes I think that's why the Lord has never let me really know great lack. You know, I've, I've had it. I've had a need, but the Lord always comes through, right? And and I think it may just be because I don't consider myself to be anything but poor. But when I am with other poor people, I realize that I have been blessed above. And therefore, I don't mind sharing a drink or a dime or 
and, and I don't care what you are. You could be filthy rich. You could be dirt poor. You could be a drug addict. You could be, uh, I don't care what you are. If you have a need in a moment in time, if I can meet that need, I am going to as best I can with prayer and discernment because everybody that you meet that looks like they're poor could be just, you know, con men. So we, we want to be very aware. We live in a very wicked, wicked society and wicked times. So verse 28 says, and I think that's the last one, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. You better know it. King David was the best king that ever lived. And in his rulership under King David, the people rejoiced. David was a good king. He never took and he did. He gave. I think that's why David had a few wives there because remember he went to, he passed by Nabal when he was on the run and asked for water or bread or something. And Nabal, I think his name was Nabal, Abigail's husband, wouldn't give it to him. He was a crazy man. And Abigail came out and gave David what he needed. And she said he is a, you know, she talked about how he, he Nabal, her husband, was. And Nabal died right just like days later or something like that. I can't remember the detail. And David took Abigail to, to, the, to the palace. He took her to the, you know, she, she prospered. And um, we didn't hear much more from Abigail, but surely, there it was, right? You gotta have some good sense about you. Oh, so the the commentary says we have already reviewed two companion verses, Proverbs twenty eight twelve above, and in Proverbs eleven ten. What shall also we shall also have it again in Proverbs twenty nine? Okay, well let's go forward. Anyway, when when the godless are in in rule, uh, people are not prospering well you know they could be under great burden just from the wicked ways that things are the laws and everything was set about how about in russia when the war started anybody that they didn't even have to say that the president was wrong they would just say what a shame for the ukrainian people and the people were put in jail think about that right and everybody's talking so bad about president biden but President Biden is doing his best, you know, and I don't know that he's all right and that he's doing the best. And, you know, the, the, he, we are suffering some things that he is taking the blame for, but that came about because this COVID was not arrested early enough and we had to shut down. And so supply and demand are now off balance and the price gouging has happened, especially at the gas tank. And because I think we are helping uh, with the Ukrainian war, there's no oil being purchased out of Russia. I don't know how complicated the thing is, but I'm wondering why is everybody mad at this man? I don't know. And I don't know. So I'm not taking sides here, but I'm saying, you know, he did some phenomenal things to help the people when he first went in. Many people were laid off and many people received sufficient to at least buy them food and they were standing in food. I don't think, you know, when, when is enough? Sometimes people are something too much. So we want to be the people that are righteous. And if the Lord has called you to do something that will affect many people and most of us he has, make sure that you take advantage of that. Make sure that you cooperate with God. Let us do so, Father. Let us cooperate with you in every way so that we are people of wisdom and not, but not the wicked hearted, those who faint to do well. God, have mercy on us and teach us, carry us, plant us, Lord so that we can grow into trees of righteousness. Oh, how grateful we are for the Proverbs. And I just, you know, next time we do this, and I do plan to do it the next time, um, we'll be, we'll, we'll, we will only have one reader per day because I think that the, the Lord just showed me how amazing he has uh, imparted the, uh, what is it, the wisdom of his word and the understanding 
in the hearts of those who read for us this time. I'm just amazed. I'm also amazed at how incredibly poignant and pertinent and relevant and timely our reading of the Proverbs has been. I am so grateful. Father, you have been so good and we have we have gleaned so much. We ask you, Lord God, to open these old deaf ears of ours that we may hear. And then you have already given us a heart of flesh, Lord God, molded afresh so that we also heed and feel your, your heartbeat. May we go with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, in whatever direction you are leading. We pray and receive with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 How wonderful. Once again, we have sufficiently dined. And I didn't hear back from my friend from last night. I really wanted him to come back so that he could make the comments that he wanted to make. And, um, <clears throat> oh, oh, yes, I've read most of the comments through. If there are any more, if I missed anything, just do tell me. So, um, hallelujah, glory to God. God be praised. It will be uh, set right when the Lord returns one great day. And let me tell you, he is coming. He is coming. He is coming. Ooh, he is coming. And, you know, I feel it in my bones. I've, I've felt it for, for a couple of years already. Well, many years, really and truly. And though we don't know the day nor the hour, we have the surety of, of the word of Jesus Christ and the Lord our God. And he can't lie, you see, and everything else that he has spoken, we have witnessed. So why wouldn't we witness this one as well? Yes, very good show. May the Lord bless each of us and give us good restorative sleep tonight and good night, everyone. <laughs> God bless you, Gabs. Oh, yes, soon yet, soon coming, coming, coming. Amen. And we have dined, as I said, may you go forth merrily rejoicing like the trees that clap their hands as it is written in the book of isaiah god bless all of you and thank you so much for being with us tonight we shall convene at 9 a.m in the morning and again tomorrow evening at 8 30 and saturday morning and saturday night same time and then on sunday for the last read at two o'clock i do pray that the, the woman that I was telling you about who is going to do our final read and exegesis of the 31st chapter of Proverbs will be, and I think it's going to be a one, I think I know God has something good in store for us and we shall be more than happy uh, and we will rejoice together because we would have seen it through and the Lord would have spoken to us. Hallelujah. Have a great, great day. Sleep well if it's night. Enjoy your lunch if it's midday. <laughs> Have a great breakfast if it's early morning. But most of all, walk with our Father. Know that He is near and that His love is all around you. And that love entails so much that we need. Mercy, protection, continuity, leading, guiding. Have a great one. I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Have a great day.